Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank you for coming back after the first hour. It was great. We had on a Democrat representative from the state of Michigan who happened to have been black, who was totally upset with the Democrat Party. And you know me. What did I do? I opened the door to the Republican Party and she's ready to walk in. Hey, you know, friends, the light is coming on and the cover is being pulled back off of the behinds of the Democrats that have been masking them for years. My next guest is uh, attorney extraordinaire. Uh, he is the attorney for the legendary uh, Deep Throat, John O'Connor, who is now leading a charge to see if we can, and if it makes sense for Americans, to sue China. Hey, one of the reasons I was on board with Trump is because he was tough and wanted to be tough on the Chinese who had been treating us like chumps for years. Help me welcome, for the first time to the show, John O'Connor. Thank you so much for being on the C.L. Bryant Show. Hey, C.L., it's an honor. You've got a great show. I've been a fan of yours for a while. I don't always, I can't always get it out here, but sometimes I get replays from various folks I know, and and you you do a great job. Thank you so much, Uh, John. Yeah, and I really want to talk to you about this China thing. Talk to us. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah. My major point that I talk about in my book, I wrote a book, Postgate, how the Washington Post betrayed Deep Throat, covered up Watergate, and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. A lot of my real point in getting to Watergate and, and destroying the myth of that is to start talking about the way we speak today and the stories we tell today about the media. I mean, the media is, the mainstream media is an enemy. The basic, uh, the folks out there in regular America know better. They start seeing as you see the covers being pulled back and people of common sense, I think, can come together. I think this crisis right now is another opportunity to put in relief the people of common sense, even Democrats, so Democrats are sort of regular folks, understand this, that we're not being served by the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, and more importantly, the stories that the media is telling us uh, are not true, generally speaking, or they're silly. And what I think is good about suing China, let me just tell you about suing China on this. Obviously, these suits aren't going anywhere. You can't 
get around this uh, FSIA law that, and I've done a lot of litigation on sovereign immunity. But, 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 what I cheerlead about is that it is helping to tell the story. People are out there talking about this, and it is a vehicle for, and I don't think conservatives tell their story well. I was talking to your assistant, Michelle, we agree on this. Conservatives are not big on narratives, and we do not get our story out, the overall narrative as well as the other side who are steeped in ideology and and talking and talking and talking. We don't do that that much. And what I think is important here is we tell the, the narrative, which is a double one. Number one, China is not our friend, and this America first thing is not just some hokey thing what president trump is on to is very important because we now see that what he's doing is trying to protect our lives trying to protect our national security this america first is just not some xenophobic irrational thing there is a good reason his job is to keep us safe to keep us able to achieve prosperity and look what the Chinese have done. John, tell the people how to get a hold of you and how to bring you to a place where they are if they want to um, um, uh, have you there. I certainly want to give you that opportunity to expose that. Sure, sure. Here's what I'd like to do. I want to talk about the way the story is talked about in the media and the way we have to talk about it. I've got a site for my book, postgatebook.com, and uh, you can reach me through that or jociclaw.com, jociclaw.com or postgatebook.com. You can get all my writings and my uh, publications on postgatebook.com. But here's, here's my point, CL. I think... We have to start telling the story, and one of the stories is that we <laughs> that we don't get the story from the mainstream media. Everywhere we go, there are things that are not said. Think about our recent history here. Russiagate, three years in Russiagate, there were facts known to the media right away about Russiagate. If they would have honestly said them, we'd all be in agreement. And this shouldn't be a partisan thing. We'd be in agreement. There was nothing there. Ukraine gate. If we really got the facts out, we wouldn't have that. Uh, if we really got the facts out about immigration and about actually having a barrier uh, on the southern border, uh, everybody you know, 80% of the people, 70% would be in an agreement. And now we have this China thing. And and we have been so uh, polluted with bad media that hopefully we can use this to turn things around. And I just hope uh, as part of this, over the long haul here, we start taking common sense, not extreme, not irrational, not vindictive, angry stuff, as people, as the media is going to say, but just solid measures to make sure that China is not infiltrating, stealing our intellectual property, uh, infiltrating our uh, institutions of higher learning, uh, taking over and, and, and spewing propaganda right from a school, for example. 
And CL, I don't know if you've you read this, but I think we had a Harvard professor that was, took a lot of research that was paid for by federal government, and sold it to China, and got fifteen million bucks. John, Pretty it's it's deal, ridiculous. It? It's ridiculous what's going on. John O'Connor is my special guest. John, let me ask you this: I want to get your perspective on this, and uh, I, I want you to, to to share with us uh, uh, how is it that the Marxist liberals in this country, uh, who call themselves progressives, um, how is it that they have uh, maneuvered and uh, the country's mindset into a place where we don't think of ourselves first. When did that go away? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, it's just not common sense for a, a nation. And, and John, let me tell you, I'm a nationalist. I love America above and beyond any other nation on the face of this country, of the, of the world, of the earth. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing racist uh, about saying I'm a nationalist. And Americans, I think we, we need to think in those terms. John, talk to us about when did did our, our, our national pride began to diminish? Well, it started as many things do in an inconspicuous way, and this is before Watergate. It even started back when the Soviet Union got going, and a New York Times reporter named Walter Duranty was over in the Soviet Union giving us false reports about how wonderful communism was and how just wonderful Joe Stalin was, and we called him Uncle Joe. The press was building... Uh, uh, was trying to. Now, again, that didn't work. The country was a little different back then. The, the, uh, other than the elites, uh, people ignored it. We had uh, you know, our government was infiltrated during the Second World War. That's and then what happened was, if you're really cool, if you're really elite, you look down on the unwashed people who claim, "Wait a second, we got a lot of communists in our government." Uh, I know Joseph McCarthy went too far, and he was, he drank too much, but the fact is there are communists around, there's no doubt about it, you know, and it's just sort of common sense, you don't have to go too far. So all that stuff was sort of bubbling up, but nothing really took hold, frankly, in terms of the progressives trying to say that uh, we shouldn't take care of our country first. In, in those days, patriotism won. Now what happens post-Watergate, uh, right as the Vietnam War comes about and everybody's talking, at least in my generation, about Ho Chi Minh and Uncle Ho, Watergate turned things around and it gave ascendancy to the progressive media. And they got more and more involved with the Democratic Party and more and more uh, able to control the narrative. And America went along with it. Parts of America went along with it so far. And I think you tell me, because you're in touch with this every day, but I hope you're going to tell me that people are getting sick of what they're being told. They don't trust what they're being told anymore. And it's because, um, you know, there, there, there is no there is no um, uh, dissenting voice out there in the mainstream right. media. It's all one. Right. It's monolithic. They all say the same thing. You go to CNN or MSNBC, you never see a conservative on there. You never hear a conservative voice. There's only one side of the equation. And some people, that's where they get their news. You tell me if you think that people are getting sick of this and there's starting to be an awareness that maybe we're not being told the truth about 
nationalism as being a good thing. You know, um, John, I, man, I could not agree with you more because uh, when we think about what we are asked to buy into, there's a, a great danger in uh, what you have just said either way. If we cannot trust the news media and then uh, our government in, in, in some cases, then who do we trust? In a, a nation where we are priding ourselves on self-governance, where we elect people to represent us. John, how do you see this? I have about uh, five minutes left in the interview with you, but I, I want you to te- tell us what are you seeing coming about in the next six months? Are we seeing a fundamental change of America? Well, I think we are. I think we are. And I'll tell you, this is... Uh, this is something that a lot of people have awakened here. You know, during the Obama years, uh, you know, the, the the media is hand in glove with guys, people like James Comey. Uh, Hillary Clinton can sell out 20% of our uranium to Russia and nobody, you don't hear a peep in the press. They knew about it. Nobody published anything. Can you imagine a Republican getting $133 million for his foundation <laughs> selling out 20% of the uranium? It's just a joke. Yeah. Now, so so they, they get away with that and, 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 and on all that. Now, here we are with Trump, and to Trump's credit, he fights back. He does not always fight elegantly or beautifully, but he fights. Now we have a situation where common sense people are watching the news every day, and they're seeing a story, for instance, about immigration. The, the Democrats are now objecting even to – Trump stopping immigration during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, they, they react. They see that the reflex reaction when he stopped tra- travel from China yeah. was to call him racist and xenophobic. Now, of course, they say he didn't do enough. Yeah. But back then, he was racist and xenophobic. We talked about people him both are, yesterday. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. pe- yeah. People are seeing. People are seeing what's up now. Over the next six months, it's going to be a tough time because we're not going to have a vaccine. And we have to get back to work. And hopefully during the six months, we'll get herd immunity. Uh, there'll be still be hospitalizations. but And hopefully people like me that are over 70 will be smart enough to avoid uh, danger. But for the vast majority of the population, we got to get back to work and we can ease into this. And finally, at some point, we'll have herd immunity and we'll be able to go back full blast. But maybe hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to get back 70, 80, 90 percent and so forth. But we have to do that. But what's going to happen is and I mark my words and, you know, this is going to happen every time something bad happens or so, so bad. There's a bad result. People are hospitalized in New Mexico or someplace. So there's an outbreak in San Francisco, whatever it is, doesn't matter what happens that's bad. It's going to be blamed on uh, Trump. It's going to be blamed on conservatives. And uh, I think though that people are sick enough of what's happened that they'll see, they'll see what's going on. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you know, and, And so over the next six months, I think it's real important for especially for folks like you that have, uh, you know, command of some airwaves and an audience to, you know, to keep us all sort of in a common sense frame of mind. We got a tough situation here. We're not going to keep everybody alive. Uh, You know, a bunch of people died during the 
you know, epidemic, the flu epidemic during Obama's years. Nobody batted an eyelash. There are going to be some people that are going to die, and I feel and it's terrible, but at some point, we can't keep hiding under our beds. we got to come out. I mean, we can shelter in place all we want, but yeah. as soon as we come out, yeah. the virus is there. Yeah. So we got to deal with it. And the more, I think the more we get out there, and like you say, the people under 44 that don't have asthma or whatever, they're not going to die, you know, and people between 20, 44 and 64 are probably going to do okay as long as the same precautions. We're going to have precautions. We're going to get herd immunities. And finally, by the time we get a vaccine, maybe, you know, the vulnerable people will actually be able to come out. Uh, but it, the real test for us all is one of character and resolve. We got to be big people we got to understand there are going to be people that are going to get sick the people are going to die uh guess what it's going to happen at some point but we've got to get out there and do our thing and live uh in the way that we should live and we can't just give up and commit suicide which is what the progressives would want us to do we can shelter in place they all have their jobs in the faculty or in government or whatever uh they can do that all day but the rest of the people who are really producing goods and services for people have got to get out there and i think it's just a shame i cry every time i think about these poor people yeah. that are not not able to do anything uh, well so john you know, o'connor your, your show your guys like you are the ones that need to lead us through this god bless you man listen god god love you john o'connor continue to fight the good fight i know that you will because you are fighting the good fight i, I listen michelle let's uh, get him in the loop and uh let's let's uh, have him as a regular as this thing as we progress through this we want to hear voices like our guest who was the attorney for deep throat attorney extraordinaire john o Connor, thank you so much for being on with me here today. Talk to you soon. Now. CL, it's been a blast. Anytime. Give me a call. See you now. Thank you. Take care. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was John O'Connor and what he was talking to us about, the planks that he was laying down. Those are the ones that we're going to have to walk across to get to where we are going. He was not uh, trying to varnish over anything. He was telling us like it is. And friends, China is not our friend. Okay. Not our friend. And so that is uh, something that we must now deal with is the fact that we have been treated like a chump by people who haven't they're not our friend. And the rest of the world. Oh, hey, they're ticked. (laughs) Yeah, they're ticked. If they're not doing anything, if they're not following any lead of the president's other than this one and and friends believe me he's ticked the president is totally totally ticked and uh in the midst of all of this kim jong-un is um reported to be in grave condition after uh what's said to have been heart surgery uh, we don't know. He may be just sheltering in place because uh, word on the street there off of North Korea um, in dependable word is that um, things in North Korea as far as this coronavirus is concerned is bad. Good news that's coming uh, to us now, though, is that this thing may be seasonal. This coronavirus thing may become seasonal. And with the warm weather coming on coronavirus may actually just flatten out and go away 
Maybe it's hot weather. You know, and I, I was there much of this down in Florida? I got to check out. Uh, maybe I, I like, I really like Florida. It's just so dead blame hot all the time where I'd like to be. And I don't know if I get used to that. <laughs> Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. are lifted high our hearts are bowing in reverence hey a straight up steve mnuchin um has given us the probably the worst news that we can can have here as people as business people uh treasury secretary steve mnuchin said on Wednesday on um, that most, if not all, of the U.S. economy should be reopened by later in the summer after the devastating shutdown to try to stem the spread of the coronavirus. We're looking forward to, um, by the time we get later in the summer, having most of the economy, if not all, the economy open. That's what Mnuchin told Fox News. Now, why did I say it was bad news? That's not good news. So, okay, summer is what? Um, May, June? Um, summer is June. Summer comes in in June. And um, we only have a month and a half between us and summer. Okay, summer comes in. It's three months long. June, July, August. September, fall comes around again. Do we have a a vaccine by then? We can't keep going through this. We can't keep doing this. Uh, what we're doing now. We can't. This is not the way for us. We are overcomers as human beings. It's innate in our character to conquer whatever obstacles are in our way, even if that is an unseen virus. And if we're going to spend money. Okay, feed people. Okay, we feed, let's feed them. Let's give them food. Spend it on the money. Spend it on the food. 
give landlords what's necessary to to sustain them uh, until we get this thing uh, straightened straightened out. You know that was that was advisable four or five weeks ago, but we cannot sustain this. We don't have the money. We have to print the money. And when you print the money and you don't have the backing for the money, that leads to the dreaded word of inflation and recession. Those two dreaded words. We cannot we we can't do this. And and the saddest part about it, what really gets me is that just five weeks ago, we were cruising like you cannot believe we were cruising. Now, hear me, friends. I want you to know that what John O'Connor said to us about character and perseverance, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take character and perseverance. I certainly hope that the worst of um, the news is over. But then again, you're going to have people like Jane Goodall who will chime in and say that the reason this is happening is because of our little respect for the natural world. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, uh, she's a primatologist, Jane Goodall, you know, she lived with the monkeys and all this kind of stuff. Um says that the reason we are suffering this because we have little respect for nature, for the natural world. Goodall made her comments in an interview with Newsweek. Um, Now, she said we must stop talking about everything as it benefits us and start realizing that the reason for this pandemic now is because we have shown so little respect for the natural world with destroying more and more forest and animal species being pushed together, she said. Now, <laughs> yes, I guess in, in ways, in some ways, I'm a country boy. So by my very nature, I am a tree hugger, but maybe not the kind that you're talking about my, or that we talk about. I'm, I love to, I had cut some trees on some property I had and re, you know, replanted them and so forth. I love trees, pulpwood. It's been good too. It's been good. So I'm a tree hugger. I like trees. And you know, when we see just how Um, people are flocking online to church services and that type of thing. Oh yeah. 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 There, there are many more people uh, engaging in church services online that, uh, that attended churches. Yeah. Especially at the very beginning of this COVID-19 outbreak. Church 
uh, online attendance was incredible. According to pastors around the country, Joel Osteen, I think at one, one Sunday had three, four million online. My pastor had sat thousands and thousands, um, online with him. You know, we've had, uh, in our online presentations of, uh, real talk, um, you know, over a million, you know, join black voices for Trump and real talk. Yeah. They had over a million at each one of those to be a part of it. People are engaging with one another on, Online, but we're getting tired of that. We're wanting to get out and smell the roses for ourselves and touch each other again. That's what we are wanting to do. We're tired of this. And so um, we're, we're, we're going to see people flocking to folks who seemingly make sense. Folks are looking for answers, in other words. Folks are looking for answers, in other words. And people like Goodall, who have been preaching a certain message only for, well, as long as I can remember, I mean, Jane Goodall was young when I first, I mean, she was young when I first laid eyes on her. And I was young when I first laid eyes on her. Uh, But um, I think she's something like 20 years older than me. You know, she's got to be 80 something. She's got to be. And so um, what she's saying is that We may be, in some cases, our own worst enemy. And when we talk about the fundamental change of a mindset, things like this many times are instrumental to creating fundamental changes in mindsets, which which does indeed change nations. Once you change the mindset of a people, the way they look at themselves, it changes the nation. And folks, I am saying to you, oh, and I'll, if I am that voice that has to cry in the wilderness on this issue, America does not need changing. We overcame the things that would have stopped us from being the nation that has given the opportunity for goodness, stability, wealth, prosperity to its citizens like no other nation on the face of the earth. And if you change her now, she will no longer offer. She will no longer be able to offer. what she has offered in the past. And some will say, hey, that's good. I don't. Because you're extinguishing a light to the rest of the entire world, to the rest of the world, you're extinguishing a light. 
And when that light goes out, when that light goes out in America, the last person leaves turning out the light, it will be dark all over. If our economy collapses, then the entire world economy implodes. That's what happens. That's because we are the only economic. Oh, China's got plenty of money. All countries have money. But as far as, hey, superpower money, strength, military, we're it. We're the only true superpower in the world be called that. We're the only true superpower in the world. And if we collapse, if our economy collapse, then the entire world economy collapse. Something to think about is Matthew 28 and then uh, when you look after Revelations 5 or 6, you see a one-world government needing to form. And you often ask uh, the question, we, the question has often been asked, how then does that come about? And we look at how our politicians deal with other world dignitaries and leaders. And you see that if they get along, it is tension filled and it's a very precarious relationship. And you, you wonder, you wonder, and this is, this is just me um, bringing into focus many things that are most important that are out of focus. And that is the very principles that we're founded upon, and that's the Judeo-Christian ethic. But what does that Judeo-Christian ethic also contain within it as a warning to mankind and even to a nation that is founded upon Judeo-Christian ethic. It warns that there will come a day when the entire earth will be ready to give over to a one world government rule and someone will emerge to be the head of that one world order. Scripture describes them as the man of sin the evil one, the Antichrist, of which there have been many throughout history. There have been many Antichrist throughout history, but this one is a different one. He will be the culmination of all of them, the embodiment of them all. 
And one of the things and one of the reasons why I want to defend and I do defend and will defend, um, and I trust God gives me the strength to defend, if necessary, with my very life, religious liberty in this country and in, 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 wherever I may meet the oppression of that. But that has to, the as 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 Mao described it as the opiate of the people. It has to be uh, subdued. It has to be attacked in order for this to occur. So what am I saying? I'm saying to all of you people of faith and, and not necessarily Christian faith, but it's the Christian faith that warns of this impending um, event where you will have a one world government. I have wondered uh, throughout my 40 years of uh, preaching the gospel how this could come about. Never thought of a virus that is pandemic. That is invisible. That uh, was unleashed on us by the Chinese. At this very moment, then, what any of us uh, who um, are scholars, Bible scholars, I'm, um, you should look toward Israel and keep an eye on what's happening there. Yeah. Because what has been prophesied, predicted, in Scripture, I truly believe, Matthew 24, and then right after the, the fifth chapter of Revelations, uh, we are looking at something here coming together. As you have never seen, never seen the possibilities for it. Collapse. If our economy collapse, then the entire world economy collapse. Something to think about is Matthew 28. And then uh, when you look after Revelations 5 or 6, you see a one world government needing to form. And you often ask uh, the question, we, the question has often been asked, how then does that come about? And we look at how our politicians deal with other world dignitaries and leaders. And you see that if they get along, it is tension filled and it's a very precarious relationship. And you you wonder, you wonder, and this is this is just me um, bringing into focus many things that are most important that are out of focus. And that is the very principles that we're founded upon, and that's the Judeo-Christian ethic. But what does that Judeo-Christian ethic 
also contain within it as a warning to mankind and even to a nation that is founded upon Judeo-Christian ethic. It warns that there will come a day when the entire earth will be ready to give over to a one world government rule and someone will emerge to be the head of that one world order. Scripture describes them as the man of sin, the evil one, the Antichrist, of which there have been many throughout history. There have been many Antichrist throughout history, but this one is a different one. He will be the culmination of all of them, the embodiment of them all. And one of the things and one of the reasons why I want to defend and I do defend and will defend, um, and I trust God gives me the strength to defend, if necessary, with my very life, religious liberty in this country and in, 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 wherever I may meet the oppression of that. But that has... To, the as 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 Mao described it as the opiate of the people, it has to be uh, subdued. It has to be attacked in order for this to occur. So, what am I saying? I'm saying to all of you people of faith, and, and not necessarily Christian faith, but it's the Christian faith that warns of this impending. Um, event where you will have a one world government. I have wondered uh, throughout my 40 years of uh, preaching the gospel how this could come about. Never thought of a virus that is pandemic. That is invisible, that uh, was unleashed on us by the Chinese. At this very moment, then, what any of us uh, who um, are scholars, Bible scholars, I'm, um, you should look toward Israel and keep an eye on what's happening there. Yeah, because what has been prophesied, predicted in Scripture, I truly believe Matthew 24 and then right after the, the fifth chapter of Revelations, uh, we are looking at something here coming together as you have never seen, never seen the possibilities for it. And times past beginning, however. As Jesus says in Matthew 24, this is the beginning of sorrows. Such, though, as the world has never seen before. 
And maybe even Corona is just an introduction to the beginning of sorrows. And maybe we should get ourselves ready to fight uh, a wave of these types of attacks on mankind. Can it be used for good? Since we all are interested in our own survival uh, as a human being, can it be used as a tool for good to unite? Because, of course, uh, the coronavirus does transcend race, color, creed, religion. It transcends all of that, doesn't it? It could be used for a tool to unite. I do know that it is being used currently by the Democrats as a tool to divide. The president is doing the best that he possibly can, as anybody can do, and there is nobody who could possibly do better than Donald John Trump is doing. There is nobody who could possibly do better than he is doing with this. So give, give him a break, will you? Give him a break. And keep in mind that Jane Goodall may very well be right. Maybe it is because we're driving these animals too close to one another um, that we're experiencing this. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I do know people are looking for answers. Pastors, preachers, you better have some. Americans, our government needs to get us some. I'll be back. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Coming to you live throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And uh, that is America. Just in case you don't know, uh, you better ask somebody. You can ask me, I'll tell you. That's her, and we'll see ourselves through this, Americans. We will. But along the way, there are some things that we must consider uh, so that we can uh, help and allow God to prolong our time, prolong our years on this earth. But even so, 
Lord Jesus, come. Yeah, even so. Lord Jesus, come. And so, um, friends, when we look at how, uh, and all of you know, um, that's been listening to the show at any, for any length of time, that uh, this is my uh, degree in divinity. <clears throat> and uh, let me, my goodness, <clears throat> all of a sudden I'm just absolutely choked up. But I'm okay. And um, this is the thing. I do believe that um, we're going to see a turning back toward. It always happens. And then there's the, you know, people begin to veer off again. The church and faith. It's going to be a turning back toward it for a brief time. And then it seems as though the bottom falls out, collapses. And people become hysterical. You are seeing preliminary signs of the type of hysteria that can take place in these protest that are going on friends there is an angst out there that we must re we must allow americans and keep in mind we we are a very different breed of people huh we are a, an exceptional breed of people and that is we will take our in, in the fact that it is evident that we will take our chances as long as we can be free to be who we are. We'll, we'll take our chances. We'll weigh the possibilities. We'll weigh those. As we have done in the last uh, three, four weeks, we have weighed the possibilities. We have looked at the data. We have weighed the possibilities, looked at the data. And Americans, being the exceptional people that we are, we are coming to the conclusion, hey, it's worth the risk. Because I can take the responsibility of, of protecting myself. I can take that responsibility. And that is, that's, that's what Americans do. We self-govern. We take responsibility for ourselves and we move forward. We don't let things hinder us. Oh, there will be um, a slowdown at times as it always happens. There's always slowdowns. There's ebbs and flows in anything. But friends, the truth of the matter is we had a booming booming economy and who knew who could have possibly 
seen this coming. Trump was under fire. Just They had just finished uh, the impeachment process. He was exonerated uh, from that, and uh, he's forever exonerated. <laughs> Some want to say he's forever impeached. No, he's forever exonerated. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Oh, I know that rubs so many uh, the wrong way. You were doing okay, ZL, and then there you had to you had to say that. All right. Well, anyway, and then all of a sudden it implodes. And those who were blaming Trump um, for Russia Gate. Oh, yeah, for Afghanistan gate, um, border gate. <laughs> None of those, by the way, have borne Democrats any any fruit, have they? You know why? Because they were all lies. That's why. And it's also all lies that the president mishandled this. He did not. No, he did not. And no one that you could possibly name or think of could have done a more Johnny on the spot job than he did. He did a fantastic job with it. Okay. Friends, uh, now that we, now that we know that Jane Goodall is telling us we've caused the problem ourselves, and doggone it, if this whole thing is not creating a an environment where I actually consider agreeing with Jane Goodall, <laughs> that'll tell you how. How daffy. I mean, Jane Goodall, don't, don't get me wrong, but I'm just not her. I'm not at her level of tree hugging yet. We all may be soon. We may be forced there. Yeah. When I when I mentioned to when I asked John O'Connor, attorney for Deep Throat, um, Postgate, author of Postgate, um he, when I ask him about this and uh, when I ask him about how this could, you know, may play out in the shutdowns and so forth, uh, <clears throat> he said himself that um, we were, uh, it's true, that that we may not be able to trust what news media tells us, and we reach a very dangerous point when we get to that point where we can't trust what's in the news. The difference in us and those who don't know they're being lied to, like in China, Iran, you know, countries like that, India, even though India is a, you know, it's a democracy, um, the largest one there in that region. And um, when in Russia, of course, news is controlled there. They don't, the people don't, they, well, they know that they can be lied to at any point in time, but the rest of them don't care. 
They're hungry and they're cold. They're hungry and they're cold. Americans, um, when you're talking about still heating your hovel with coal, you're talking about a place that has these coal spots in it. <laughs> and I'm talking about heating your place with C-O-A-L. And when you are doing that, you have a place that has C-O-L-D spots in it. And people around the globe have all types of things to deal with now, including coronavirus. But what if you are your main concern is eating and staying warm? Hmm? Friends, we have to get back to work. We must get back to doing as Americans, what we do best. You heard State Senator Karen Whitsett say to us that there in Michigan, the governor did not um, act quickly enough not to have water cut off orders not in place. I mean, you know, to keep people's water on. There are people there with no running water, no refrigeration. You know, this thing can just tumble out of control quickly, quickly, if we don't get back to work and get back to doing something now. John O'Connor mentioned something that I want to leave you with here today, and it is uh, something I talked about yesterday on the show, and I want to leave you with it here today, okay? Check this out. Uh, I told you about my granddad and the cow and, you know, the herd uh, quarantine and uh, the herd immunity thing, something that um, farmers, ranchers have known of for eons, you know, herd immunity. Uh, let the herd get it. Let the herd get it and let them get over it. If it kills the whole herd, then they're dead. But if they live, then they're immune. They're stronger. They get stronger that way. But in some cases, after a virus like this, um, it weakens the immune system, especially if a person had been on a ventilator. And it is true that uh, once you go on a ventilator, um, chances of you coming off of it are very slim. They, they become slim. So, friends, as we look toward our American future and as we um, sh uh, some of us are sheltering in place, keep in mind what Representative Karen Wislet said. When you don't have food and you don't have water and you don't have um you know, a refrigeration. And she's seeing this in some of the poorest parts in her district in Detroit. <clears throat> she says it's hard to shelter in place because everything you need is out there. Everything you need to live is out there. 
this can become something bad if we don't get ourselves in gear and get back on the good foot. Okay? We got to do it. We must do it, and we must do it relatively soon. Within the next couple of weeks, we got to be back in the swing. It's going to be because of people like you that we're able to do it. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant show. And I want to thank you for coming along with me. And I want to thank God above all for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our rights to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, my heartfelt desire for each and every one of you is that God will bless and keep you all real good.